if you do not have confidence in the people you're working with, 100% confidence that they have your best interest in mind, that, that these people are not out for themselves, then you're putting yourself at risk. Best ever listeners, I'm so excited to share today's sponsor with you. It's Eastern Union Funding and Arbor Realty Trust. If you're in the multifamily space, you likely recognize these names, but have you used them? Uh, I'm guessing if you haven't, then you probably know someone who has. I can tell you personally, we have used uh, Mark Belsky. He is a point person at Eastern Union Funding as a partner with us, and he has helped us secure debt uh, for actually a deal we closed on this month. And we've worked with him. Um, In addition, my clients, my program, my consulting program have worked with him to successfully close on deals. When we were starting out, Ashcroft was starting out, we had somewhat of a track record, but we weren't fully as established with our investor network. I went to him and we secured some equity, $500,000 in equity to fund one of our deals. While he works with more institutional partners, he's brought $200 million in equity over the last 12 months. He was able to help us out there and we built a relationship with him and Eastern Union Funding ever since. So if you need equity for your deal and you have a track record, then he's your point person. His number is 212-897-9875. If you need debt, then he partners up with Arbor on a lot of transactions. So if you're a multifamily borrower who wants agency or bridge debt, then that's the team to work with. Uh, We have worked with their team, both Eastern Union and Arbor, on deals. And people who have purchased our deals, purchased deals from us, have used Arbor, as well as my clients in my consulting program, they've used it. So this is a recommendation that comes from firsthand experience. And the last thing I'll say about uh, working with Mark Belsky at Eastern Union is that if you need a loan guarantor, but don't have that track record quite yet, then Mark can look at what you've, the deal you've got And assuming it checks out, he can make introductions to people he knows as potential loan guarantors for your deal. So debt, equity, and potentially loan guarantors. Uh, All you need, well, you need to find a deal, obviously. Um, But besides that, you know, the other main components of the deal they can help you out with. So talk to Mark Belsky. His email is mbelsky at easterneq.com and his phone number 212-897-9875. Best ever listeners, how you doing? Welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless. This is the world's longest running daily real estate investing podcast. We only talk about the best advice ever. We don't get into any of that fluffy stuff with us today. Aaron Chapman, how you doing, Aaron? Not too bad. How you doing, Joe? I'm doing well and nice to have you on the show. A little bit about Aaron. He is a 21-year vet of the finance industry. He's rated top 1% nationally and ranked number 12 in 2007 by Scotsman Guide for Units Closed in Real Estate Finance based in Mesa, Arizona. With that being said, Aaron, you want to give the best ever listeners a little bit more about your background and your current focus? 
Definitely. So that tells you how I bred my table as far as doing the real estate investing finance. I finance people buying turnkeys mostly, then your single family up to four units. We've opened up a lot other channels with our relationships for other types of financing for folks. But my main objective in life, though, is to help people get away from where they have channeled themselves into a rut and help them reach beyond what they're doing and try and become a little bit more than what they've become up to this point because they, most of the time people hold themselves back. So that's one of my main focuses in life and taking each person who's considering real estate and helping them to become the CEO of their real estate finance business. In addition to that, of course, that business being very successful, as you had pointed out, ranked number 12 in the United States for units closed last year and be doing between 600 and 700 units a year. So it offers me a lot of experience for people to be able to pull from. In addition to that, my wife and I both volunteer with the sheriff's office locally, and we do several hundred hours a year in the rescue unit. I'm in charge of the technical rescue unit, the off-road unit, rescue unit, as well as the air rescue unit. So if I'm in town, if I'm not traveling any given time during the cooler months, we could be flown out into the desert or the mountains around Arizona and have to rappel into a very rough situation and take care of somebody medically or however and pull, have them pull out of one of the worst experiences of their lives. So I have a lot of cool war stories with that that we've been able to participate over the last nine years. And uh, four children that I'm also working with to become very versed in real estate investments. I've built my trust around making them responsible for what investments we go in as a family and also making my children responsible for participating in the trust to build it to the extent that when they turn 65, they at least have something to pull from in the form of interest. They will never touch the principal. And this is built in a way to make them responsible members of society, take care of themselves. And if they don't participate and they don't help build that, they don't get any of it. I'm not just going to leave a bunch of well-funded dredges of society. <laughs> well, our kids and grandkids, thank you for that. So a couple things to talk about. One is, it's going to be a tough question to answer, but answer to your best of your ability. You closed between six and 700 units in 2017. If you didn't have that larger purpose of helping people become the CEO of their own real estate finance business, how many units would you have closed? I really truly believe it'd be between one and 200 units because I have been stuck at that level for years until I opened my mind up. I had to sit down and literally write down my vision for my future and do it in a way that really I can emotionally and I could mentally really put myself in it. So every time I read it, I could feel it, I could smell it, I can be there. And what the majority had to do with my ability to matter to other people to the extent that they mattered to themselves. Mm -hmm. And as I had developed that part of myself, I started to see things continue to grow. It went from under 200 units to over 300 units when I started incorporating that to over 400. And then I wrote another vision to try and reach 600 in the beginning part of 2017. And then that vision created a whole bunch of other things. And it sparked from there. It jumped up over 600 units. And this year I'm on track for 700 plus. I'm glad that I asked that question and that you were at 100 to 200 units before you had that vision. So when you're at 1 to 200 units, then there's the vision and then there are the results that got you to where you are now. In between the vision and the results, what were some of the tactics that were implemented that led to those results? Well, the main tactic was standing in Chipotle, getting lunch for my one employee back in 2014. And it was back before the whole E. coli thing or whatever that was that happened with Chipotle back in the, I think it's 15 or 16. But as I stood there, the line was all the way to the door. 
So I had to do something to entertain myself. And I was looking around the store itself, the restaurant, if you will. And I started counting the heads behind the counter. Have, do you ever remember back in like 2013, 14, 15, walking to a very Chipotle and very busy Chipotle and counting how many people were working there? There's a lot. Yeah, most people will say five or six because that's what they see. But when you start looking beyond it, the people behind the counter into the back, I counted 11 different heads. So what I started trying to do as I stood in that line is understand the role of each person in that particular system that they had built. And I realized I found it interesting that they need 11 people to build a burrito successfully, yet I only had two people building an intricate financial instrument. So in that position I was in in line, I started creating for myself a 11-person assembly line for financing a piece of real estate. Now I have 11 people working for me doing exactly that. And then the next step was I read the book, The Goal, from Eli Goldratt, and he talks about efficiencies. And I took some of the principles from that and applied it to our process, where he talks about an assembly line using CNC machines, because these machines can only go so fast. No matter how fast you turn them up, they can only go a certain speed. So that is the bottleneck. And he had found in this story about this efficiency that the plant manager had noticed that there was a lot of the parts that were being cut by these machines that are thrown off to the side because they didn't meet the quality inspection. And after further investigation, part of that quality inspection was an x-ray of the material itself and found that there were flaws in the raw material. So he moved the x-ray to the front of the line instead of the back. So what I did is I took my best and most seasoned her name is Ellen. She's been doing this, I think, for 35 years. And I put her at the very front. Instead of being my best processor, carrying the biggest load and doing 100 transactions, being able to handle 100 transactions at a time, I put her at the front as looking at every single transaction in every prequal before it got to a processor and before the person even made an offer on a property to ensure that that x-ray was done and that the raw material was 100% usable before we went and spent anybody's time. And that also sped up our process significantly. And then also being open to always improving the process. We are never done improving. If you ever feel that you have the perfect process, you are right now on your first step towards failure. The 11-person assembly line doing your deals is it 11 because at the time when you were at Chipotle, you saw 11 people back there? I created that process to mirror the Chipotle system I saw and literally have 11 jobs that they do. And albeit some of it is duplicated because you also have to have some redundancy in your system in case somebody goes on vacation. So there's a lot of redundancy built in as well, but it just works out that I wrote down 11 in my vision and I have 11. As best as you can, can you break down those 11 people? and what they do? Sure. So initially, I'll get into 12 because I would make the 12th. I have the very first conversation with the potential real estate investor and help them with their mindset to go from a consumer spending money and going into debt to now a business owner. They're the CEO of their real estate investment firm. And I work to help them understand how they are moving from a person trying to get the best and cheapest to going after the quality to build a business. And at that time, I'm applying for their CFO position. And we walk through the experience that I have and the different methods and things that I have seen and the people that I've seen make mistakes because good judgment comes from experience and experience comes from bad judgment. And they don't need to go through the process of gaining experience from making mistakes to learn where is the best path. We can take from the people that I've worked with over the last 21 years. When you say you're applying for the CFO position, I, I get that's a metaphor, but 
for me, when I'm thinking of a CFO, they're going to be overseeing the financials on a monthly basis to make sure that the property is profitable. Do you do that or are you securing the loan for them and then they are off and running? What we do there, I do, of course, secure the loan. The loan is how we make our capital here. But as far as their financial position, we help them review where they are financially, personally, and how they can take what they have and help them structure their finances a way to be successful in the acquisition of that real estate and then the expansion of that business. And then as they come around each year, we will do as the clients want. It's not something that we just reach in and start messing with their stuff. As they want to call in, I'll say call a board meeting. We can schedule some time to spend a half hour, an hour on a call or a Zoom call, whatever, and review their finances and see how things are progressing. And after each transaction, we re-review their finances after they close on that, update what they need for the next transaction, where they need to be financially, where they're at at that time. So yes, we do a continuous review of things as they're purchasing and building. Got it. Okay. So one is you and then what? Then the next step is they are directed for you to complete their online application. Now that's necessary because the government says you have to do certain acknowledgements. So they'll prepare that application, submit that over. One of my team members will download that, review it, and they will send them to the next step, which is where to upload their data and exactly what data is needed. So the loss, they're not trying to figure out where they go from there. We lead them to that additional step. Once that all comes in and it's reviewed and that we have enough data there, it goes to Ellen, who is, again, my quality control, my x-ray, if you will. She is going to review all that and go through the prequal process, almost like an underwrite of their file. And then she brings me in, we review it with her to be sure that I have, as the licensed loan originator, reviewed it. And then we'll issue either a prequal letter to that person or we'll tell them, hey, we need other things to move forward or we'll direct them otherwise. But if they're qualified at that point, we issue that letter. We send that out to them. They will go find a piece of real estate that fits their business needs. That contract comes to us and it goes to a specific team. I have two people that will review that contract. One or the other will review it. And as they review it, they look for certain elements. And those elements are confirmed with the seller and the buyer to ensure accuracy. Because many times there might have been further negotiation in the form of an additional addendum or something to that effect that gets missed in the original send to us or somebody mistyped something. So we confirm those elements that would cause any sort of delay in the process. Once those confirmations are complete, the file is set up, all the disclosures are sent out by the next individual, and then assigned to their processor, who is their main point of contact going forward. And we do the introduction to that processor. That processor then will reach out to the client, introduce herself, explain the timeframe that she's going to need to review and submit that for approval. She'll get that in for an initial approval. Once the approval comes back, she reaches back out to the client and updates whatever is necessary, orders an appraisal, takes it to closing. Once that loan is completely approved and ready to close, another person steps in and takes that person through closing, sets up their signing, sets up their, ensure they have the documents they need. And once that signing is done, they review it, ensure that it closes and funds, and then they will then follow back up with them go over their pre-qual again, make sure they're qualified for the next purchase, what their finances need to look like for that next purchase, and then give them all the information they need to have available for them for their taxes for the next year on that property, as well as what they need to make their first payment, where that gets made to, and then gives them all the information they need to communicate with us should they run into any issues. What's been two enhancements you've had to that process since you've began it? 
one was putting Nellen into that role because uh, yep. before she yep. was carrying a lot of the other weight. That was probably the biggest enhancement. The next was the follow-up after closing, recreating a whole new prequal for them, reevaluating their file after it's closed and making it a live operating file for them and then giving them basically a calculator that will show them what they need to close on the next transaction, where their finances are today as far as their assets and whether they're lacking and they need to save a little bit more or whether or not they have plenty to do that. And if they have enough, we'll show them you can do four, five, six, seven transactions and show them what their capability is and then kind of coach them where they need to go from there. What type of ongoing communication do you have or system set up where you communicate with your clients on a regular basis? Really, it's just built into a system that gives its, um, I'll call it like a database management system. Mm-hmm. They'll reach out to each client on a regular basis, whether it be milestones in their life, milestones within their business. Also, when I have speaking engagements, we were just in what was called the Cashflow Well Summit, where we had filmed a presentation and people could watch it virtually. It was about 45 minutes, and we'll get that out to our database as well. So anytime there's something that's happening in our world that we think people would benefit from, we'd be sure that that goes out to them. From a business standpoint with what you've learned in 21 years in the industry, what are some mistakes that you were making at the beginning that you've since corrected? Treating people like a consumer. When I got into the industry, I crawled out of the mines in New Mexico. They were shutting down the mine. I'd lost that job. And before that, I'd run heavy equipment, drove truck, work in the oil fields of Wyoming. I was on a top fuel pit crew. I grew up on a cattle ranch. So I had a lot of experience in manual labor and different specific types of labor. And I was trying to find a job in those fields. And I couldn't. And there's even deeper story here. But ultimately, a friend of mine introduced me to this. I started as a telemarketer. But when I started doing the actual lending piece of it, the broker I worked for, he had the capability to advertise on billboards, actual interest rates. First person in the state of Arizona's history. But he would advertise a rate that it was not really achievable at the time, but it got the phone to ring. And it was really irritating a lot of people that when they call in off of what they saw on the sign, but then what we were giving them was different. <laughs> I went to him and said, dude, you really need to take that billboard down. <laughs> and he goes, no, my job is to get the phone to ring and your job is to sell it. I said, okay, well, they want this rate. He goes, well, give them what they want. I said, but they get frustrated when I show them the cost. He goes, they don't need to know the cost till the end. That right there, that lesson learned, because I tried to follow his lead for just a couple of deals and literally... Come the closing day, I'd have to have my back in the corner and hold it back because people were angry with this. And I learned you can't treat people that way. This whole thing of treating them like a consumer, trying to get butts in the seats, like a really good movie trailer for a really sucky movie is wrong. We need to paint a better picture. So I started evolving in that respect. And I found that it actually, in some cases, can be detrimental to paint a real picture up front. It's sometimes a little bit worse picture than reality. I tend to paint a worse picture than reality. I like to go worst case scenario with folks and then tell them, trust me, we're going to make it better for you. When my contemporaries like to come in as low as they possibly can legally just to get their butts in the seats and then they end up showing the real deal at the end and it's very similar to where I would be. There's no real difference out there. There's very few that have lower fees and lower costs. We're all fairly the same, but it's the expectation set up front. So I learned about setting expectation properly because I respect those who I work with enough to not lie to them about that that in the very beginning. What's your best real estate investing advice ever? Find the right team. If you do not have confidence in the people you're working with, 100% confidence that they have your best interest in mind, that, that these people are not out for themselves, then you're putting yourself at risk. 
Each person investing in real estate, whether it be commercial, whether it be fix and flips, whether it be residential long-term holds and doing the turnkeys, which is where we spend a lot of our time, no matter who it is, you're going to have to have a team, no matter what process you're doing. And if you are not interested in that person's success and they're interested in your success, then you're stepping towards a very, very extreme failure. Getting the right people on board and making sure the right type of people makes all the difference in the world. We're going to do a lightning round. You ready for the best ever lightning round? Let's give it a shot. I may, you may end up here just crickets on the other end. <laughs> I doubt that, but let's do it. We'll give it a shot. First, though, a quick word from our best ever partners. Do you need debt for your deal, equity for your deal, or maybe a loan guarantor to help you get qualified for the financing? Talk to Mark Belsky. His number is 212-897-9875. That's 212-897-9875. His email is mbelsky at easterneq.com. See a rundown or abandoned house? Well, snap a picture with the Deal Machine app to instantly find the owner and get in touch via direct mail, email, and phone in just 10 seconds. Search Deal Machine in your app store or visit dealmachineapp.com. Okay, best ever book you've recently read? That would be Master Key System by Charles Hamill. What was that book earlier you mentioned? The Goal book? The Goal by Eli Goldrat. Best ever deal you've worked on for whatever reason? It would have to be really just every turnkey when a person who successfully closes the excitement that they get from being able to get involved in the real estate investment world in a place where they never thought they could be. Honestly, all very similar and they're great opportunities for folks. What's a mistake you've made on a transaction we haven't talked about? Man, that's a solid question because there's a lot of them. Really, it was um, underestimating my team. Uh, is the worst mistake I've ever made. Thinking that I was the individual that needed to be involved in everything. When I realized that I didn't need to do it all, that I need to get very good people that I could trust to handle those things and then let them do that, that was the best move I ever made. The worst thing was uh, discounting their capabilities because what ended up happening is I was stealing opportunities from them. When I realized when I did those things, I stole somebody else's job from them. And then another person, because it took time away from me to be able to build my business instead of working on the business and then providing more jobs. I was stealing one job, therefore stealing a second one because my time was sucked up. Best ever way you like to give back? Taking the time to encourage another person that their positive thoughts will have positive reaction and feeding them to the places I've come to those conclusions myself. And sometimes it will take an hour to an hour and a half of my time to have those conversations. But when you hear the light bulb go on in the other individual, there is nothing better. And how can the best ever listeners get in touch with you and learn more about what you got going on? Absolute best place is AaronBChapman.com. That is my website. It should always be that. And then they can also check me out on the NMLS so they can see that I am licensed in what states I am. And that is my, you go to the NMLS consumer access page and my NMLS ID is 267844. Well, thank you so much for being on the show, talking about the larger purpose that you have and the vision that you have and how Having that vision has resulted in increased business as well as just a more enjoyable experience along the way. One tactic from that vision or to accomplish those results was creating your 11-person assembly line in real estate, just like you had that epiphany whenever you were in Chipotle and you started counting those workers. And I loved how you walked us through each person and the responsibility 
as well as how you've enhanced that along the way, putting one of your all-stars instead of at the end, putting her at the beginning of the process. So thanks again for being on the show. Hope you have a best ever day, and we'll talk to you soon. Thank you, Joe. Appreciate you, man. See a rundown or abandoned house? Well, snap a picture with the Deal Machine app to instantly find the owner and get in touch via direct mail, email, and phone in just 10 seconds. Search Deal Machine in your app store or visit dealmachineapp.com.